Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Hope you're doing well this morning. So we are nearing the end of the story, uh, at least of the first part of Pilgrim's Progress. So the Pilgrim's Progress was re released in two uh, two parts. Uh, the first part is when Pilgrim leaves his family behind to go on this journey, and then the second part follows his wife and children as they leave the city of destruction. So I've read uh, I've read the entire first vol uh, volume before, but not nearly as in-depth as I am now, but I've never read the second uh, that follows Christian's wife leaving the city of destruction. So I'm looking really looking forward to that. One word that I did not know the uh, definition to was the word diffidence. So the giant of despair has a wife that is named Diffidence. Let me just make sure that's correct. But yeah, she has a he has a wife named Diffidence, and Diffidence is simply a, a lack of confidence, a, a lack of um, assertiveness. So being unassertive mainly due just to a lack of confidence, and uh, that's it's something that's married with despair. So when despair comes into the life of a of a person, it's almost always accompanied by uh, the wife of despair, which is uh, a lack of confidence um, and un and unable to move forward. It's it looks like um, humility. It might look like uh, meekness, but it's not. It comes it comes from having no confidence, which is obviously not a good thing. Uh, where we last left off was hopeful, encouraging Christian to not uh, heed the the advice of the giant of despair, which told him, hey, you should just end this yourself, you know, just end, end your own life. And, and Christian thinks about these things, and these are uh, common temptations. It's a temptation that Job he verbalized in in the book of Job saying that you know he he would rather choose death than choose the life that he was going through and we were we were reminded of 1 Corinthians 10:13 that there's no temptation that befalls men but such is common to men um, but God is faithful who will not suffer to you to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to despair it, uh, to bear it, and and another great reminder from I believe it's Second Corinthians four and verse eight. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Uh, a believer can get to the point to where there the despair. He he's struggling with despair, struggling with the lack of confidence, um, but he doesn't lose the battle. He doesn't lose the battle, uh, and that's not because of him but because of Christ and the work of grace in that person's life. So uh, from f at this point now, there's a whole day has been pa has passed, and they're back in the dungeon. So it says, well, towards evening, the giant goes down into the dungeon again to see if his prisoners had taken his counsel. But when he came there, he found them alive, and truly alive was all. For now, what he... For now, what for want of bread and water, and by reason of the wounds they received when he beat them, 
They could do little but breathe. But I say he found them alive, at which he fell into a grievous rage, and told him that seeing they had disobeyed his counsel, it should be worse with them than if they had never been born. At this they trembled greatly, and I think Christian fell into a swoon. But coming a little to himself again, they renewed their discourse about the giant's counsel, and whether yet they had best take it or no. Now Christian again seemed for doing it. But Hopeful made a second reply as followeth. So this is a battle. Christian's going through. Despair comes into his life again all the way through. And it's it's causing causing horrible thoughts to enter into Christian's head. He's thinking, "This is it. I just need to I just need to end my life." I have a comment here. Oh yeah, Emerson's are watching. Hey, Emerson's, how's it going? I hope you're enjoying. Hope you're enjoying the story as much as I am. But Christian's now uh, being attacked again by and by despair, and the despair in his life is not just happy that he's gotten to the point where he can barely just breathe. The despair wants to see him die. But God has been good to Christian, and he gives him this friend named Hopeful, and Hopeful reminds him, he says, My brother, rememberest thou not how valiant thou hast been here theretofore? Here, uh, heretofore? Don't you remember how strong you've been? Apollyon could not crush thee, nor could all that thou didst hear or see or feel in the valley of the shadow of death. What hardship, terror, and amazement hast thou already gone through? And art thou now nothing but fears? Thou seest that I am in the dungeon with thee, a far weaker man by nature than thou art. Also this giant hath wounded me as well as thee, and and hath cut off the bread and water from my mouth. And with thee I mourn without the light. But let us exercise a little more patience. Remember how thou playest the man at Vanity Fair, and wast not neither afraid of the chain nor cage, nor yet of bloody death. Wherefore let us, at least to avoid the shame that becomes not a Christian to be found in, bear up with patience as well as we can. We have a note here from the author. He says, here's the blessing of a hopeful companion. Hear excellent counsel. Let vain professors say what they may against experience and looking back to past experiences. It is most certainly good and right so to do. Not to encourage present sloth and presumption, okay, but to excite fresh confidence of hope in the Lord. We have David's example and Paul's word to encourage us to this. Says David in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 37, The Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this uncircumcised Philistine. And then Paul says in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 1 and verse 10, Paul says, Paul, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. This is a reference. This is not a quote here. He says, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raiseth the dead. There, mind the alone object of faith and hope and see the reasoning on past experience of God's mercy. For it is he 
who delivers us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom also we trust that he will yet deliver us. And so the author says, you know, vain professors, people who say they believe, but aren't their they their faith is in vain they they just say one thing and do another a lot of those people will speak against looking back at your the experiences that God has brought you through but we're reminded of of David who said hey God's worked in my life before and uh he got me out of the paw of the lion he got me out of the paw of the bear and he's going to deliver me out of this too and it took someone reminding Christian, hey, you've been through some hard times. You've seen some horrible things. You were in the valley of the shadow of death. You fought Satan himself. And now you're here. And you know, it's interesting. Christian brought himself to this point. The valley, I'm sorry, the field of despair, uh, this giant of despair that uh, he was being attacked by was a place that he had brought himself. He had left the way he had decided, you know what, I'm going to trust myself for, for a little bit. And now he's suffering the consequence of consequences that every one of us do. We, we start living the Christian life, uh, living on our own. Uh, and we, we can, it's easy to just begin to trust in our own confidence and trust in our own strength. And in the life of a believer, especially that confidence is soon taken away from us. We see that we're not strong enough for this journey. And like Christian, we can get to the point where, man, we've seen Satan defeated. We've seen all these things that God has done through us. And then it gets to the point where like, you know what? It's over. I just want to end it. I want to end it all. But thank God for his word that we can go to and be reminded, hey, God brought you to this point. He can continue he just just wait on him pray that he would give you the patience to make it through this that's patience isn't something that uh we're we're happy when to be patient if we know something good is about to come but it's hard to be patient uh waiting for god to take us out of uh despair now night being come again and the giant and his wife being in bed she asked him concerning the prisoners and if they had taken his counsel to which he replied those are sturdy rogues. They choose rather to bear all hardships than to make away with themselves. Then, said she, take them into the castle yard tomorrow and show them the bones and skulls of those that hast already dispatched of those that thou hast already dispatched, and make them believe. Ere a week comes to the to an end, thou wilt tear them in pieces as thou hast done their fellows before them. It's interesting because every time he tries to kill them, he can't. He just falls over. He has to make them believe that he can, that he can kill them. That's what she told him. Show them everybody else that you've taken out and make them believe that you can do this. So when the morning was come, the giant goes to them again and takes them into the castle yard and shows them as his wife had bidden him. These, said he, were pilgrims as you are once, and they trespassed on my ground as you have done. When I thought fit, I tore them in pieces, and so within days I will do you. Go, get you down to your den again, and with that beat them all the way thither. They lay therefore all day on Saturday in lamentable case as before. Now when night was come and when Mrs. Diffidence, lack of confidence, and her husband the giant despair were got to bed, they began to renew their discourse of their prisoners. 
and withal the old giant wondered that he could neither by his blows nor counsel bring them to an end. Ah, that's <laughs> may that be how the giant of despair is in our life. Man, I can't end these guys. What's going on? And with that, his wife replied, I fear, said she, that they live in hopes that some will come and relieve them, or that they have picklocks about them by the means of which they hope to escape. And sayest thou so, my dear? Sayest, said the giant, I will therefore search them in the morning. Well, on Saturday, about midbreak, they began to pray and continued in prayer till almost break of day. So we have a note here from the author before we continue. We're almost here, finished with the chapter. He says, What? Pray in custody of giant despair in the midst of Doubting Castle, and when their own folly brought them thereto? Yes, mind this, ye pilgrims, ye are exhorted. I will that men pray everywhere without doubting. This is, why, why pray? You're, you're in a place of despair that you brought yourself to. And you're going to pray? Yes. 1 Timothy 2.8, I will that men pray everywhere. No matter where you are at, pray. We can be in no, in no place, but God can hear, nor in any circumstance for which God is not able to deliver us. And be assured when the spirit of prayer comes, deliverance is nigh at hand. And so it was here in the story. So they could have prayed all along to this point. But I like how the author puts it, the spirit of prayer comes. Now they've, they've talked, they've reasoned. Now the spirit of prayer comes. They're like, you know what? Let's pray. It's time to pray. So they begin praying. And uh, Sunday morning, hello, oh, this is Sunday morning. I, I love the, uh, I just saw that. Look at that. This is a picture of uh, three days that they were in despair and, Sunday morning, uh, now a little before it was day, good Christian, as one half amazed, break out into this a passionate speech. What a fool! I am thus to am I thus to lie in a stinking dungeon when I may as well walk at liberty. I have a key in my bosom, called promise, that will I am persuaded, open any lock in doubting castle. Then said Hopeful, that's good news, good brother. Pluck it out of thy bosom and try. Then Christian pulled it out of his bosom and began to try at the dungeon door, whose bolt, as he turned the key, gave back and the door flew open with ease, and Christian and Hopeful both came out. Then he went to the outward door that leads into the castle yard, and with his key opened that door also. After that he went to the iron gate, for that must be open too, but that lark was... That lock was damnable hard, yet the key did open it. We have a note here from the author. He has it all capitals. Precious promise. The promises of God in Christ are the very life of faith. Oh, how oft do we neglect God's great and precious promises in Christ Jesus, while doubts and despair keep us prisoners. So it was with these pilgrims. They were kept under hard bondage of soul for four days. Hence, see what it is to grieve the Spirit of God and dread, dread it. For he only is the comforter. And if he withdraw his influences, who or what can comfort us? You, you, leave, the, 
You leave the influences of God. You keep him out of your life. He says, you're going to lose your comforter. Though precious promises are revealed in the word, yet we can get no comfort from them, but by the grace of the spirit. Mm. Very interesting. He says, you can go to the word. There's precious, can't speak now, precious promises revealed all throughout the word. But the only way we get comfort from these graces, uh, from from these promises, is by the grace that God has given us. So it says, then they thrust open the gate to make their escape with speed. But that gate, as it opened, made made such a creaking that it waked giant despair, who hastily rising to pursue his prisoners, felt his limbs to fail. For his fits took him again so that he could by no means go after them. Amen. Then they went on and came to the king's highway, and so were safe because they were out of his jurisdiction. We have a note here from the author. says, Mind, though the Spirit works deliverance and brings comfort, Yet it is by means of the word of promise. For as we depart from and dishonor God by unbelief, so come, so we come back to and honor Him by believing His word of grace to us and His beloved Son. In this way, the Spirit brings deliverance. Ah, so such a beautiful picture here. Now when they were gone over the style, they began to contrive with themselves what they should do at that style to prevent those that should come after falling into the hands of giant despair. So they consented to to erect their pillar and to engrave upon the side thereof the sentence. Over this style is the way to Doubting Castle, which is kept by giant despair, who despiseth the king of the celestial country and seeks to destroy his holy pilgrims. Many, therefore, that followed after read what was written, escaped the danger. And this done, they sang as follows. Out of the way we went, and then we found what t'was to tread upon a forbidding ground. And let them that come after have a care, lest headlessness makes them as we to fare. Lest they for trespassing his prisoners are, whose castles doubting, whose names despair. We have a note here from the author. He says, recording our own observations and the experience we had of God's dealing with our souls are made of a special and peculiar use to our fellow Christians. But let us ever take heed of self-exalting, ever remembering that all Christian experience is to humble the soul and exalt the Savior. As here, these two pilgrims by their own folly got into Doubting Castle. So it was by free promise that they escaped from it. And this pillar that they left was a memento to, memento to their shame, while it was a memento of God's free favor in Christ to them. Mm, amen. This is such an interesting uh, note that he puts in here because this is the case of this whole book. Um, this whole book was a... Um, was basically that uh, in Bunyan's life. He was basically leaving his own experiences that he had experienced as a Christian, and he was leaving those to be to be an encouragement. And I think that's something that whether we are 
I think recording them is extremely useful. We we don't do it. I forgot to have a light behind me that's probably being distracting. But um, if you're watching the video, at least uh, the the fact that someone can read uh, the struggles that we go through and see that hey, this is person's just like me. I think is something that we we don't take advantage of as much as we should. You know, there's uh, writing books. Uh, about how to do things and writing books about um, instructional books is is great and everything, but writing a book that shares your experience that says, hey, here's what I did and here's what I learned. I don't believe that there's any more powerful thing that you as a person, whether you are a writer of books or you're not, but to record your journey and uh, just journaling the the Christian the 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 Christian life that you're in, uh, one will be encouraging to you, but ultimately uh, there's people that uh, would be able to see that and say, hey, you know, if that's something that he went through, that that's in alignment with Scripture, and they keep making references to Scriptures that I know I can make it too, or I know this is what I need to do now. And this is the case here in, in the many books that John Bunyan left. I was, hey, this is what happened to me, and uh, this is how I turned to Scripture and found encouragement, uh, or found admonition, or found uh, correction, found doctrine. So uh, I, I love that he leaves that, that final note for us, this, uh, this memento that they left here. Hey, at this point, here's a, here's a point in my life that I struggled and let me write this down so that, you know, one, that this would humble you and make you realize, hey, anybody can go through this, through this, but at the same time, lifting up God and His favor in Christ to us. Man, I, I just love, I could, I would, if I could, I'd just read through this book uh, all, th- all at once, but um, I'm enjoying going through this daily and being able to just to take the encouragement as it comes. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining in this morning. I hope it was an encouragement. I know it was for me. This is this is not my own teachings here, but simply uh, somebody who wrote 400 years ago, uh, really just a few years after the original uh, King James was uh, was published. This was in 1650, 1650-something, and the King James was published in 1611, so quite interesting. But anyways, guys, thank you so much. I hope you all have a great weekend. I might be doing another live stream today here on my Facebook page, but um, it'll be referring to something else. If you have any um, any comments or questions or want to join the uh, podcast, I've had people join to share their testimony. I'd love to have you on. So just let me know, message me, and I look forward to hearing from you guys. Y'all take care. God bless. Thank mm-hmm. you.